Live with Ryan Reese from Southern California. This is Live with Ryan Reese. Call now, 1-888-564-6173. Or post your questions using the hashtag LiveRyanReese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Back on the air, and today we are not going to be taking calls because we have a lot to talk about. I got my dad, Raul Reese, in studio. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Long time, <laughs> long time no see. I know it's been a while. <laughs> I don't see him anymore since he became born again. I actually like that. I actually like that. He's all over the place. He's traveling all over I know. the place. Amazing things. You know, it's been so great not to see you. <laughs> no, I know it's so funny that we uh, we do ministry. It's so great that I don't support you anymore. I know. I kick him out. You know, it's funny because we never see each other. Everyone always says. Hey, say hi to your dad. I go, well, I see him sometimes <laughs> on Tuesday. He'll come into the office of harassment. But, um, you know, we're all busy you yep. know, doing yep. doing it, and that's just uh, the way it is. And I got Sean McKeon, obviously, yep. in, in studio tonight. And, um, you know, I, what I wanted to talk about today is the, the subject of the show would be called uh, Messy Ministry. And, um, you know, when I look at the Bible and I look at Jesus' ministry, Jesus is the model, obviously, and when you look at him, he was he was in the temple teaching, mm-hmm. but then he the majority of his ministry he was he was out in the streets mm-hmm. with the people, and then you know the religious leaders they were not stoked on him. They would say comments of like such, such as like, "Look at Jesus! Only if he knew who that woman was." Remember when yep. when the prostitute yeah. came and touched his feet, he wouldn't associate with her. Um, when he was breaking bread with Matthew and the tax collectors and they said, why does he eat with such scum? And uh, even the fact that he would be out with the people, you know, with the multitudes for days doing ministry. He was in the city. He was just with, with the people. He wasn't always in the church doing, uh, uh, expecting people, sinners to come to him in the church. Because the reality is, even back then and even to now, sinners aren't just flooding the churches. And when I say sinners, I'm talking about people, uh, you know, people that haven't in, encountered Jesus Christ yet. You know, we're, we're all sinners saved by grace once you encounter Jesus. That's the that's the good news is that you can be forgiven of your sins, and that's that's what's attractive of of the gospel message that we have as Christians. And this is why Jesus says, "Go out and make disciples of the nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit." And teach them to obey my commandments. And that's what the church is there for, is to teach us to obey the commandments. But how are they going to come to the church unless the messenger is sent out to go reach them? That's what I want to talk about today, Dad. Because you have, since I've known you. (laughs) That's a long time. My whole life. (laughs) Uh, Nice to see you. uh, 43 years. Ever since I've known you, you have been living the Great Commission. And we've toured the world. I've been on many tours with you from a young age. Um, you you know, you had a movie come out. You know, you were meeting with the King of Tonga, uh, the Queen of Tonga, um, all through South America, the Prime United Minister States. Reagan. Where where else? Prime Minister of Israel. Israel. Oh, 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 yeah. You were yeah. met with the Prime Minister of Israel. Um, where else? You were – I mean, you've traveled all over the world. We were in uh, Hong Kong. Yeah. Um, where else? Um, Jeez, we, New, was, Zealand, yeah, New Zealand, Europe, Europe uh, all over Europe, Europe, everywhere, all these different places, yeah, Thailand, all over. Yeah. So today, today I, I want to talk about 
messy ministry because I truly believe what I've been witnessing in the whosoever's movement is that the Jesus ministry is messy. Mm -hmm. And when I say messy, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, it's not like a church service where you have a clean cut set up. It's church. It's organized. People come in, they hear the worship band, you give the message, you do the altar call, people get saved. When you're truly doing the Jesus ministry, it's messy. And it's almost like when you, when you're going out and, and being a pioneer in a sense to, to reach people going in unknown territories, when you're a pioneer, what happened with the pioneers? They always ended up with arrows in their back, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Yeah. (laughs) Because when you go into uncharted territory, it's dangerous. And I believe that you get arrows from the church, the people that come against you, which we're going to talk about today. And you get arrows from the people that are not Christians. It's almost like what I've witnessed is with the whosoever's movement, we're too Christian for the world, but then we're not Christian enough for the church when you go into these uncharted territories because it goes against the whole institution of the church because it's not doesn't fit in the box of the way the church of the the institution of the church has set it up like what i've seen in just like people will call me hey ryan we want to go do a skate park outreach in in san pedro and that's a rough neighborhood i'm a skateboarder i know that whole area and i'm like okay cool so what's your plan of attack well we're gonna go in there we're gonna we're gonna have a worship band play and then after the worship band plays, then we're going to get up and we're going to give the, the gospel message. And I'm like, that will never fly at a skate park. <laughs> These are punk rock kids and hip hop kids. You're going to go play worship? The world doesn't even understand worship. It took me for a while when I gave my life to God for like worship to actually click. Even when I gave my life to the Lord, when I first gave my life to the Lord, I'd come to church and I'd be like, I'm just going to show up for the message. Worship music gets so lame. Like right. it, it didn't click to me at the time. So how in the heck is that going to click to someone when you go to a skate park, when they're listening to punk rock, they're smoking weed, they're drinking beer? Like Jesus called us to be fishers of men. And when he's called us to be fishers of men, there's different kinds of bait that you use in different scenarios. When you go deep sea fishing, there's a certain kind of bait. When there's freshwater fish, fly fishing, uh, uh, Alaska fishing where you cut holes in the ice, there's different bait for fish. This is why Jesus called to be fishers of men. And what I've seen at large in the church is that the church is constantly using the same bait that they use in the church. We're going to get a worship band and we're going to give the message. We're going to give a full Bible study and then people, the Holy Spirit can show up and then people could get saved. But what I've witnessed with you personally, which we're going to talk about today, is there's different baits that you use and there's different moments that... When the Holy Spirit shows up, you just you give a message and people get saved. And sometimes I've seen you give a message in LA. There was this one particular event in LA, Dad, when you did the exit concert, the the new version of it, when I helped you put that together in 2008 in downtown LA. POD played, there was a huge secular audience. We did all secular advertising on mainstream radio, mainstream flyers at all the concerts. And you came up at this one point and it was a full rock show, and you came up to give a Bible study. You came up with your message, and all of a sudden, right when the music ended, the people just started exiting. They started running out, thousands. And I remember the Holy Spirit just fell on you at that moment. 
tears came and you just started speaking. You didn't even go off your notes. <laughs> you just started speaking. I don't remember what you said, <laughs> but thousands of people just stopped, turned around, came back, sat down, and then thousands got saved. It was like, bam. And that was unorthodox because you could have went up there and you could have just said, I'm going to stick to my notes. I'm going to give a Bible study. And those thousands of people would have just exited and you would have lost them. But you changed the bait and you were led by the Holy Spirit and thousands got saved. And I kind of went to the end of the story, Dad, but I want to start at the very beginning now. So when you first got saved, how did you, what was, what was the beginning of your ministry or you got saved? What was the beginning? How, how, cause you were teaching Kung Fu at that time. Yeah. In my school, in my school. Well, the first thing that God spoke to me about is to go to Long Park High School, my mm. old high school. Mm. I've been out of high school for a long time. I was, you know, Vietnam came back and got married. And so I decided to go and Mr. Barnhol, Mr. Hollenbeck were the vice principal and prince, uh, principal, mm. which, uh, they were baseball coaches for us. So I went into the office. I said, you guys, you and I, I just, uh, I accepted Christ and I want to work with these kids at a Bomb Park High School. And, uh, they said, uh, one second, they called the police on me. Mm. They got me off campus. So I went home really kind of depressed because I thought, you know, here I thought God put this in my heart to go back to my high school to give them the gospel, but I guess not. So I stayed home. I prayed and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and says, I want you to go back now two weeks later. So I go back. And Mr. Barnhole Hollenbeck, they gave me permission to go on campus. And I went to campus every day, and people began to get saved in the campus. What were you doing on campus? Because you, you were like in, were you in the quad? or I, I, was, I, was, yeah, I was right where the uh, flagpole was, the lunch area. Uh -huh. And I, I was standing there, and I was talking to people. And then some of the kids would throw little brownies on me, you know, a little uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. And I no. used to get so mad. I said, Lord, give me and I'll kill these kids, you know. <laughs> but what happened is that little by little, as they began to see me coming every day uh -huh. and kind of going to and talking to them. Mm -hmm. And they saw that I wasn't religious mm -hmm. because I talked about a relationship. Yeah. Then the Lord began, you know, to say people. I got up one day on a picnic bench at Bond Park High School, and I, I didn't know how to preach. You know, I just got saved. So I just started giving uh, John 3, 16 and all that. And all of a sudden, all these kids started coming forward and started accepting the Lord. You know, and I thought, wow, Lord, you do work. I was going to Calvary Chapel because Mesa with Chuck. And so then the Lord in well, my well, heart. Hold on yeah. really quick about the high school stuff. Mm -hmm. So this is awesome because sometimes when, when God tells you things, mm -hmm. you step out, but it's not the exact timing yet. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So yep. you kept praying. Yep. And then God opened the door. For the perfect timing. For the perfect timing. Yep. But then you were allowed to go into the high schools. Yeah. But what's so interesting is that, you know, it seems like a, a lot of leaders and, and people don't, they don't really understand the effectiveness of going to high school. Well, I think I think it's because, you know, I grew up in the streets. Yeah. You know, I was not in the church. I was not, yeah. a, you know, and I saw a need because yeah. I could relate to these kids. Yeah. So I went to seven high schools a week and uh, they, they let me in. And I just and did they start coming to the church? Well, you didn't even have a church at that time. No, uh, uh, you didn't uh, have a church. No, I didn't have. I had my conference. Well, you know what's interesting? So, yeah. so someone would say, "Well, you're going and you're giving the gospel, but then what happens to these these kids? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Now I know that guy, the first guy that you led to the Lord, Tony, whatever Baca, Baca. Yeah. He goes to our church now. Yeah. So you went, you planted the seed, he mm -hmm. gave his life to God, and the Holy Spirit did its job, mm -hmm. and got him plugged into a church, and right. now he's been, he still goes to church here. Yes, and the, uh, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> when the Holy Spirit does that, you know, and there's uh, what's happened now, years later, yeah. those kids that I talked to, they're married, have children, and they come up to me, says, I remember when you were at the, you know, at the high school, and you shared the gospel, I didn't accept Christ, but later on, the Word of God was in my heart, and then I accepted Christ. And that's exactly what mm -hmm. I was trying to get at, yeah. is that a lot of people think, oh, well, you're just, you go to high schools, because obviously people that listen to the show know that yeah. we, we tour high schools. People go, well, they go to the, the high schools and they give the gospel and then what? Well, we plug them into the Christian club because there's Christian clubs set up nowadays. Right. And we give them Bibles and the whole thing. But we, how are they going to know if we don't go? I think it's in Romans. Paul writes about yeah, yeah. that. How blessed is the feet of the messenger yeah, yeah. that goes. Mm -hmm. So who will send them, yeah. right? We're, we're like, we're just farmers. We're throwing seeds mm -hmm. out. And Jesus gives us the parable mm -hmm. of, of what grows, some get choked out, yeah, the other yeah. ones produce a hundred. Yeah. But if we don't go and throw it, uh, then how will they know? Some get saved, some get plugged into church yeah. immediately, some were Christians, they come back to the yeah. Lord, but then yeah, some didn't yeah. accept the Lord that day. Yeah. But it's it's that first seed. Yeah, and I think it, I think it's the messenger and the message. Yeah. And the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because eventually those that got saved, they need a church. You yeah, know, because yeah. we preach, Jesus, he preached, he taught, and then the miracles, the wonders came. Yeah. And then that's when the Lord began to speak to me about having a Bible study first yeah. in my home mm -hmm. and then in the comfort studio. And in the comfort studio, we could all probably sit about 70 people. But I started a Friday night service, uh, re outreach. We have concerts, you know, people would come. Wait, at your comfort studio? Yeah. And it started, what started happening wow. is that we were in the comfort studio and it started getting crowded. You know, people can say we're people standing outside. Yeah. So I knew that God was calling me to start a church. See, this is what's dope, yeah, though. That's awesome. This is what's dope. Mm -hmm. So you're doing church mm -hmm. in a comfort studio. <laughs> yes. But this is also unorthodox. Uh -huh. This is what I like yeah. about this, too, mm -hmm. because it's so much easier, even in this day and age now, just how, how jaded people are with religion and, and the church and what they see on, on TV, that these people, People, it's so much easier for someone to come to a kung fu mm -hmm. studio, or I've done I've done messages or outreach stuff. I suppose, I've done uh, I've taught the Bible or told my story and stuff in barber shops, yeah, yeah. in uh, uh, tattoo studios. Well, you know, if they didn't want to say we choke them out, then they would come back. Yeah, again. then you choke them out. <laughs> no, shut the door. No one's leaving without Jesus. No, but this is rad. But yeah, this is what yeah. I want to encourage people yeah. that are listening. Uh -huh. Dude, you, yeah. if you own a kung fu studio or a karate studio, do something. Or oh, whatever you have, a barber shop, yeah. a tattoo yeah. shop. Yeah. This is like the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. If you could get them here, this is the bridge. And then once they give their life to it, then you can plug them into church. And then, but see, there's another thing that we don't have today. They invited people to come. You know, people, they would, people don't invite people, huh? No, well, that, no. that's true. Yeah, evangelism yeah. right there. Yeah. You know, evangel a lot of times we get caught up in words like evangelism. Mm -hmm. Like people hear the word evangelism and it scares them. It's like, man, yeah. that mean I got to go like sit on the corner somewhere mm -hmm. and like, no, no, yeah. no, dude evangelism is like a natural work and when right. somebody gets a, a hold of, when god gets a hold of that person's life then they start like wanting them to it's just like when you go like you go to a good restaurant or whatever yeah. you're like dude this place has the bomb tacos so you tell like, people you guys like <laughs> dude, you gotta try these tacos yeah. out because like you experience it and the same thing with like a relationship with the lord when it connects that's where the church thrives that's where ministry thrives that's where evangelism where it's not on all these titles but it's a work of the holy spirit one thing that I like what you brought up about his uh, testimony going to these schools, it was genuine. You know, ministry has to be genuine. Uh, back then, the same thing today. People can see the phoniness right through stuff. Yeah. You, you kind of talked about like someone trying to do like a, a worship service at a skate park 
Like that doesn't work, right? Yeah. You just flip. In the That's sh- not genuine. It's yeah. not genuine. Yeah. And the same thing with this. And you need to make sure that you're being led by the Spirit of yeah. God because you're going to go through adversity. People yes. aren't always going to vibe with yes. you. People didn't vibe with Raw, obviously. Yeah. The school wanted to shut it down. But when you stay faithful to it and God's played it upon your heart, you can't deny that. You be faithful to God and he's going to take care of the results. And there were people judging me yeah. because of what I was doing, you know. And I would put demonstrations and after demonstrations, I would give an altar call. Why are you using Kung Fu? Yeah. You just gouge that guy's eyes out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you were doing Kung Fu demonstrations yeah. and then you would yeah. teach. That's another yeah. thing. Yeah. Doing comfort. Yeah. And then I would preach. And then you would preach and people yeah. would get saved. See, these are all, I totally forgot about that. These mm-hmm. are all unorthodox. See, this is what will inspire people to go out. There's no certain box. People think, well, I got to do outreach or evangelism. Okay, well, this is how you do it. You get a worship man and then you have a pastor come up and give a, a three-point message. And then that's the, uh, yeah. that's how it's done. It's not done like that. It's share. It's, it could be as simple as just telling your story. Look at it, it was, it was a message from your heart that God gave to you. Yeah. You know, and then when, when they get saved, they come into the church, then they begin to get fed, they grow, and then they become disciples and they're going to go out yes. and do the same thing. But this is the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. The church is to disciple. Mm-hmm. That's where you get the gnarly yeah. Bible studies. Yeah. You 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 get yeah. fed. Mm-hmm. Evangelism, it's simplicity. Yeah. John 3.16. Who's it's outside, believe? not inside. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. No. okay. Yes. I want to touch on that yeah. too. <laughs> Evangelism is simple. Mm-hmm. It, it's you don't have to get into the whole all the details. It's John 3.16. Mm-hmm. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believeth in him that he died on the cross and he raised from the third day and he lives. And if you repent of your sins, you will be forgiven and be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's simple. We don't have to complicate it. Mm-hmm. Also, outreach. Yeah, real evangelists, you have inreach and outreach. A lot of people say outreach. They go, we're going to do an outreach, but they do outreaches in their church. That's not an outreach. What part of, when you say outreach, that means you have to be like, you have to be out of your church reaching. If you're in your church, that's an inreach. Mm-hmm. You're bringing people into your church to reach them. Mm-hmm. Outreach is out of the church. Mm-hmm. But again, people always confuse it. We're going to do an outreach in the church. Mm-hmm. That is false. Yeah. Also, Dad, back to what you were saying. This was a very uh, radical time when you were doing this stuff in the high schools because Sean just said he was authentic and genuine. You were in the hippie movement, mm-hmm. okay? Racism, war, drugs. Anti the establishment, one hundred percent. So, for the fact that you were coming to the school and giving this message, this was a radical time of people that didn't want to hear nothing from nobody. Yep. And here you are. The only reason why they received you is because it was genuine and it wasn't. It was real and it wasn't manufactured. Yeah. And it, what happened? It burned in my heart. Exactly. When I got saved. And when I got saved, I mean, I don't. I didn't know anything about tradition. Yeah. Because I mean, I came out of the world. Yeah. So what happened is when I started going to church, you know, I began to see that I would take people that the church, you know, had their own uh, programs, you know, and that was another program. Chuck, you know, I learned the word of God. Chuck sent us out. He, the same thing. He would send people out. The hippies brought people, you know, they would go out and evangelize. The people that were getting yes. saved yes. brought yep. yeah. evangelism. Yeah. Otherwise the church would die. 
Yeah. You know, you got to bring people. And I tell the church here. So people have you know, to be getting saved. Yeah. Yep. And I tell the church here, you're not, you guys, we're not, we're not doing what we used to do. And that is inviting people to come to the church. There used to be altar calls where a hundred, two hundred, three hundred people would get saved. Mm-hmm. My friends from high school, my, my close friends, they got saved. I went to them. I brought them to Calvary. They got saved. A lot of these guys are pastors now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's, I mean, that's important. Yeah. Yeah, it's well. It's still happening. Yeah, we're seeing thousands of uh-huh. kids get saved. Yeah. It's, it's still happening. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, when you live the Great Commission, it happens. Yep. When you're when you're stuck in church and not doing anything, being active, what Jesus told us to do to be live the Great Commission, then you don't see that stuff. And you, you know, know what? It also has to be burning in your heart because there's a lot of pastors. You know, they they're in a the square. They already have their mold. You know, yeah. in the church, and they don't really have that desire, that fire to go out. So they lost the fire. And that's why their churches die, mm-hmm. because there's no fire, you know, with a non-believer coming and getting saved. I, 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 I also think that the enemy, Satan, has uh, has a foothold on the church because I, the, I how do I explain this? I think people are scared to do real outreach. They're scared of of the arrows. They're going to come. So what happens is Satan just laughs. He's like, the church is too scared to do real outreach and go reach sinners in their area because they're going to get arrows from different people who are going to say what, you know, care about what they're doing. And that's why the church is not effective. Mm-hmm. Everyone's too scared to do anything. Like we're doing an outreach right now mm-hmm. called uh crepe. It's a, it's a EDM event. It's there. It's like, has like um, electronic music, which electronic music is what every kid's listening to now. It's basically current, but obviously it won't like happen. a rave. It's well, raves are like the yeah. old ones in the nineties, yeah. but it's a, it's called they're called EDM yeah. events now. It's an electronic parties with DJs, and that's basically what every kid and every person is into now. But also, just like every other event that goes on, the church is always ten years behind to catch on to what's current in culture. So you have people going, "Oh my gosh, what is this?" Is this the world? What are you doing? Can you do this? And I'm like, we've already done it. And like 80% of the kids give their life to the Lord. The world, and I've heard Chuck Smith say it on one of his studies. The world is the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. We know these are not from the Father. That is the world. So just because it's electronic music, it's just like if we listen to metal music or rock music or hip-hop music, Kung that fu. is the world. <laughs> Kung fu demonstrations. Yeah. That looks like the world. UFC fights are pounding each other head. That is the world. Mm-hmm. This this is the, the grip that I believe Satan has on the church. They want he wants us to be zero effective. So he wants you, the whole church and everyone in it, to be tripped up thinking that everything looks like the world. But the world is the lust of the eye, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh. Mm-hmm. These are not from the Father. If you get tripped up in all that stuff. Don't go to Starbucks. Don't go to Disneyland. Don't go to Target. Don't go to, I mean, <laughs> you can go through, you need to become Amish basically because they everyone supports homosexuality. Don't go see movies. That's Hollywood. Don't listen to Sony music. It's like, you know what I'm saying? The things of the world are the lust of the eye, the pride of life, and the lust. Sean, you came out of the world. I mean, what can you say to that? Well, I say the same thing, too. You got to be open to the spirit in every aspect. You know, you can't put things in in a box. You have to be open. And like what Ryan's talking about, like, it's not what everybody seems. I always, I'm somebody, because same thing, going back in the 70s and then in our time, 
you can see past phoniness. I don't care about music. I don't care about different platforms and stuff like that. Like it all comes down to is what you're doing genuine is behind it a desire for people to, to know Christ, to, to know the Lord. Mm-hmm. Have you taken it to prayer? Has God shown you? Ha- has it been affirmed by, by God's spirit through your life? Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, cool. Like Ryan said, you are going to have people that are going to come against you at various of times. Of course. You need to be able to go to sleep at night knowing that God has shown you that you can confirm it through God's word and you have peace being led by the Holy Spirit in everything that you do. And if that's the case, then, then it's good to go. And if you're continuing being open to the, the Holy Spirit's leading and you want people to come to the Lord, that's where it comes down to. Yeah. And this is how you know it's it's of the Lord. You pray about it, you get confirmation, and then the door is just open. Yeah. Everything, there's no striving. The door is just like literally just open. It's like you're like, I can't believe it. Everything's just fallen into place so easily. And then obviously the outcome. I mean, it even goes back. here. Okay, so you have the outcome of like when God's leading – but then when you look at a situation such as like, let's do an outreach at a skate park and let's go get, this is of God. So they go, this is a true story. They go with the worship band. They went to San Pedro underground skate park. And guess what happened? I saw them later on. I said, well, how'd that outreach go? Not good. That was supposed to be led by God. Yeah. Guess what? They played worship and the whole skate park exited. It was a ghost town. No one was there. They all left. So now, is that was that of God? No, it was not of God. You know why it wasn't of God? Because there was there was there was no. Uh, it, it wasn't of God because there was. It was just like an idea that wasn't led by God because it, it, there was zero effectiveness. Well, it, see, was, see, it was just an idea that yeah. they thought, oh, this is the way everyone's doing it. Yeah, but see, the problem is the two R's I call it, religion and relationship. Mm-hmm. And the church today, like I share the, you know, the Bible here, I teach, but the church is not being effective mm-hmm. in going out and bring, bringing people to Christ. Mm-hmm. So what's happening in the churches, the old people mm-hmm. are supporting financially the church mm-hmm. and, and the churches are dying. So what happens to the young people? They don't want to really come because they really have nothing that they can uh, relate to. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what we, the church needs to understand. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you in a way to reach people in the world. Okay. So when people get saved in the world, then that you can take them, get rooted and grounded. Then they're going to have the vision to go out. But today there's no vision to go out. People are too busy with themselves, electronic things, you know, and they, they're actually just, I mean, walking away, walking away from Christianity. That's why they have to get filled yeah. with the Spirit. Yeah. Okay. So you, you did the, you did the uh, high school mm-hmm. thing that obviously led to birthing a church. Mm-hmm. And then from there, you started you, in the 80s. Then the 80s came around. I think it was like 1980. What did you do? When did you start your first exit festival? 82. 82. Or no, 80. I think That's it was right. 80. Yeah, I 80. saw the flyers. It's like yeah. 80. You did 80. Citrus College. 83. <laughs> Citrus College. Undercover. <laughs> you did Citrus College in the stadium mm-hmm. on the grass. Yeah. And you had the stage in one end zone. Uh-huh. And then you had a sea of people yeah. that would show up. You had bands of this was in the eighties, obviously. Undercover, there were you had really Undercover, punk. which yeah. was a punk rock band. Yeah. The guitar player had like a Moha. Yeah. I mean, this was like they were full on punk yeah. rock during the yeah. punk rock era. You had like new wave uh, bands. It was a. It was basically like a. I guess relating it to today's culture would be like a Coachella. Yeah. Had, Secular. You had yeah, but like Coachella is like a festival that has uh, like all different style bands. genres of yeah. music. You had punk rock. You had uh, new wave, mm-hmm. uh, 
I think that was the only kind of music that was happening back then. Yeah. So you, had, you had the diversity of those two musics, yeah. and you came up and you would tell your testimony, right? Yeah. yeah. And then like people would get yeah. saved. And I would give a little message, yeah. and then I would share how I came to Christ. Yeah. And, and people ju- just came to Christ, so yeah. many. And that's the crusades that we had w- way before Harvest started. Yeah. You know, way behind. And we would put out in stadiums, so cool. And then as the music, you know, these guys would yeah. come out and yeah. do it. Yeah. And then the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, we get a hold of people. Yeah. And we would see the front with hundreds and hundreds of people getting saved. So you did that for four years, which was amazing yeah. and then then you went into more traditional kind of uh crusades for a while mm-hmm. which crusades were working at this in this era yeah during this era they yeah. were working during this era and then you started doing your movie was out mm-hmm. fury to freedom you were touring and then you went to uh oh you even went to uh south america to chile and you brought Exit con- festival we brought Shane called the Escape. Yeah. Yeah. But what year was that? That was later. Sheesh. That, that was, was like late in 80s. the late late eighties. Late eighties. Yeah. yeah. And we would have arenas. Yeah. I don't know if it's an arena, but like an amphitheater. Yeah. An amphitheater, like twenty thousand yeah. people or packed something, fifteen thousand yeah. packed out there. Yeah. Even in Vina del Mar, mm-hmm. and that was even like you had even different styles of music during that that era. I don't know. Colombia. Colombia yeah. started doing stuff, and then even in Hong Kong. Yeah. And then what other? The Philippines, we went to. You were in the movie. You're yeah. playing your movie everywhere. I said, yeah. even on the Amazon, the Indians were playing my movie and getting saved. <laughs> so, what would you say? Now, let's talk about this. Yeah. How would you encourage people mm-hmm. now to reach this generation? So we we live in a time right now. More live with Ryan Race coming up. Is everything all right? Sure. Call now one eight 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 five six four sixty one seventy three or post your questions using the hashtag Live Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Uh, I think I speak for the entire administration when I say whoop de doo. Now back to live with Ryan Reese. Don't say what I warn you. Loud noises. Share your feet just like I did. When I had that fire in my heart, I didn't care about religion. I had a relationship. And taught and Chuck taught us a relationship with God by going through the scriptures, learning and learning the scriptures. And then when we learned the scriptures, I saw that Jesus, he was preaching. So the gift of evangelism, I go out. And I went to Chuck one time and said, Chuck, this is I have the gift of evangelism, which Greg and Mike Macon shed. And he said, Look, I, I said, I don't have the gift of teaching. But he told me this, you pray, if God gave you a church, he will give you the gift of teaching and you'll continue to have evangelism. That's what he told me. So it's really cool. You know, and I think that's why it's so important yeah. to understand the purpose of everything. Mm-hmm. The purpose of, of evangelism, the purpose of the church. You talked about Jesus' ministry. What did he do? He preached, he taught, he healed, right? So preaching to the outside. That's what Ryan's talking about. Yeah. It's outreach. It's communicating. Mm-hmm. That's where you have Jesus going to the different areas, whether it is in front of multitudes, whether it's in front of various people, the woman at the well. These are all opportunities of preaching, communicating the truth of God's word. What you have in your life, like you're lacking with that woman at the well. You, you know, you're trying to find it in sex, but it's not fulfilling. You need something else. And let me share with you what that is. And she would come to the Lord. And her testimony would then go out to tons of people because she was touched by the Lord. 
And so doing outreach, preaching, vital. It gives life. It's it's excitement. It's reaching out. Then it, you talk about the teaching aspect, what Ross talking about. Yeah. And you kind of see it like in his ministry, right? You'll, so you see it going through the high schools. And then when you talk about him being able to go through all around the world, preaching and communicating, you know, the movie and all that kind of stuff. And then you look at what took place at like the Kung Fu Studio and the West Covina and, and the Golden Springs throughout the, the 90s to now. It's like, think about the hundreds and thousands of people that have been touched from the teaching aspect. I always look at it as I, like this. Evangelism is almost like when you look at it like a hospital. Evangelism is like the ER unit. That is like where people are coming in, like they just got in a car accident, they're destroyed. They're, Emergency, you're, just yeah. trying, you're trying to keep them alive. Yeah. You're giving them hope and you're abandoning them up. And then you know what they need? They need healing. Mm-hmm. And that's what the church is there for, to bring healing. God anoints uh, men to be able to pastor and to teach and to shepherd over them and to encourage them and on their walk with the Lord and to teach them and to instruct them and watch their lives get healed. And then show them like, God, God has a special plan for your life. Yeah. God has giftings for your life. And then they multiply. And now they start seeing what their gifts are. You talk a lot about revival. You talk a lot about revival, both of you guys. And you know, what you look back at revival in times past, where does true revival need to happen? It's the church. The church, yeah. Because the revival, you're talking about something that once had life, but now there's death and it needs to be revived. And they become entertainment centers yeah. for Christians. You lose uh, the yeah. focus of what you're yeah. created uh-huh. for. That's the problem. Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing is like you, the hospital doesn't get full unless people are bringing people yeah. in. Yeah. And that's my whole – that's the whole urgency for me is that you hear about churches dying mm-hmm. because no one's bringing – the church will not survive unless people are getting saved. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. Everyone, sure. everyone focuses on the church, yeah. entertaining Christians, but if no one's getting saved. Yeah. No wonder the churches are dying. You know what? And there has to be people reaching to bring them in. That's the Great Commission. Yeah. Go out and, and get them, baptize them, and then teach them to obey my commandments. It's, co- it's, the, it's a 50-50. A couple of weeks ago, we were here at the, the church, and we were like updating the congregation of like, what's taking place with you, Ryan, Like yeah. uh, when you're in Mexico and showing all the photos and all these people coming to the Lord and I was walking down stage after, and I know these ladies, some of these older ladies, like they're legit though. They're like, I love Ryan, you know, yeah. <laughs> I love what he's doing. And like, you would see them so conservative looking in it and everything, but like they get it. Why yeah. do they get it? Because they're connected with the Lord. Okay. They understand that yeah. they have grandchildren, they have nieces and nephews, mm-hmm. and even themselves, if they you look Jesus. back on it, yeah. like how they were back in the day how they needed this. And then you look at the television, we're bombarded with so much stuff. The world, like you were saying, it's in disarray. There's a lot of confusion on every platform. And these numbers are skyrocketing of people with um, uh, from suicide, all the different things that you were talking about, because there is an unrest. Mm-hmm. And that's why it should be a motivating factor for us as, as the church to wake up, to pray for God to do a work in our lives, to have brokenness in our lives, to to lead to repentance and to be open to the spirit of how God wants to use your lives. Cause we're not guaranteed this life. You're here, you're here today. You're gone tomorrow. Yeah. And then to be able to pray for like guys, the whosoever's and various uh, people that are doing things like this, that God's open up doors. Got to be praying, man. Got to be open yeah. to you God's know, spirit. You know what's really crazy is we are living in a intro, very crazy time. You know, it talks about the last days. Cause Jesus like is coming. The days yeah. of Noah, Sodom, yeah. no more. It's going to get 
it's gonna get really it's gonna get really bad. It's gonna oh, get yeah. worse. Yeah. I mean, you know how we we were talking about I, I don't know a couple of years. We've ago. talked about it too. Well, a couple yeah. of years ago, we were talking yeah. about this uh, this album cover that came out. I'm not gonna say the name. Yeah. It was the girl I know what you're about. on the front cover. Yeah. The mm-hmm. she she was posing on the front of her album cover, and I'm like, that album cover looks like the front cover of a hustler magazine or a club magazine when we were growing up in the 80s. Yeah. And it's an album cover on iTunes and all over. There's a new, I'm not going to say it on air because I don't want people to look it up, but there was a new artist that just came out mm-hmm. with a new song. And dude, it's literally pervert. Like this yeah. is like porn. Yeah. Like it, it, it's literally porn. And the fact that this is being shopped and this, this artist, I'm not going to say if it's a yeah. guy or a girl, but this artist that they attract is a very young crowd. Oh, yeah. And when I saw this, I'm literally like going, this is totally like triple X porn. And, yeah. and it's all over social media. It's going to be all over iTunes. It's in a video. And this is what our kids are watching. It's gonna get crazier. Oh, yeah. Like now, after I saw this, after I saw this particular thing, this makes like that other album cover look like nothing. Mm. I literally go, "Okay, wow, this is like full on like no wonder they're teaching in schools, yep. you know, about sex and about all you know that article that you guys sent me about what they're teaching like fifth graders now mm-hmm. about being gay yep. and masturbation and all this crazy stuff." Yep, dude, I totally. It's gonna get. It's, it's gonna get crazier. And the Bible says that. Well, that's it's going to get crazier. Yeah. Like, we haven't seen nothing. It's yeah. literally like triple X porn is going to yeah. literally be legal just to watch. Like, people, don't reali- people don't realize we see the effects now. Yeah. But the effects that we are seeing are a result of something from the past that started to happen over time. The seeds. And, and that's what yeah. happens where you start removing yeah. God from everything yeah. from the 60s all the way up yeah. to this present time. If you just looked at the last 60 years yeah. in that perspective, it blow your mind. Yeah. And then you look at all these rates that you're talking about. There's no wonder all these rates are so so messed up. Well, listen to this. Just last night in the news I saw, well, you got you heard about Denver becoming, they legalized magical mushrooms, the LSD yeah, mushrooms about that you eat. Well, guess what? Last night came out in the news. Uh, was it Oklahoma just legalized magical mushrooms? Dude, everyone's legalizing oh, yeah. mushrooms. Like It's basically LSD. It is. Yeah. They're legalizing LSD, yeah, because it's a mushroom, yeah, or it's a it's to a health advantage. They would say, yeah. or something like that. It helps with stress. It yeah. helps all they this do micro kind of stuff. People are doing microdoses of LSD in in. Uh, I read this also years ago. They're in in uh, Silicon Valley in the tech world. People are doing microdoses of LSD because it helps with their their creativity and their right. moods mm-hmm. with depression too. They also tested a lot of magical mushrooms on uh, vets. For the PSD disorder or what's it yeah. called? P- yeah, PTSD. 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 Yeah. They're using the magical mushrooms, uh, microdoses to help them with their with their depression and all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. This is the world we're living yeah. in. Yeah. They're using LSD, like hallucinogenics, which mm-hmm. open doorways Definitely. to the demonic realm. Well, yeah. even in, in nowadays where the, the things with marijuana has gotten so trendy as yeah. well. And it's like the, the marijuana that's out there today is so – it has so much chemicals that are added to it. As well nowadays too. Really? Yeah, well, the people, the people are talking about how uh, when the, uh, guys are getting arrested or whatever, where it's like coming off like way paranoid, have all these different things that, that people Is that are just seeing. Just from the THC levels. 
I don't, I don't know. But yeah. there's a lot of people that have brought that up multiple times lately. But see, that they, they're seeing it starting to expand. It's not like the same way. People are but having all this it, wackiness. It's the other thing, too, yeah. we got to understand as reaching out to the culture. We, we, we're we growing up. Not we, uh, the kids that are growing up right now, they're growing up in a generation where mushrooms are legal and marijuana is legal. Yep. So it's a norm. Yeah. Oh, and pornography is at their fingertips. And sexuality so, is up yeah, to your yeah. own. So think about this. It's not like when we were yeah. growing up. No. This is like, they're like, oh, yeah, weed's legal. Yeah. It, it, Christian right. kids, weed's legal. Homosexual marriages yeah. are legal. And, but see, the, Abortion, yeah. you know, and the Bible talks. mentality, yeah. dude. The, yeah. the Bible talks in the last days, and that, these things are going to get worse. I'm concerned for my grandkids, you know. And a lot of pastors, they don't really understand. Uh, you guys have been talking about drugs. Yeah. They don't even know what's going on. They don't even know the names. Yeah. You know, all they're interested in, their churches. But the church is being infiltrated by the world. The world has come to the church, and the church has gone out to the world. Yeah, people don't know the difference. Yeah. This generation, no, they don't no, even know no. what's. It's all legal, so it's okay. Yeah. And that's going to also be a uh, interesting thing to navigate through. And I don't think you know when you're ministering to people on evangelistic levels. I don't. I, I don't ever come with a list of do's and don'ts. I want to introduce them to Jesus. They all know they're dirty sinners because <laughs> mm-hmm. when I tell them, "Y'all a bunch of dirty sinners," right, and they all start laughing, they know they're sinners. So, what did you see in Mexico? The drug thing with kids. Same thing as here. Oh, dude, they were sniffing glue and stuff in Mexico. Yeah, yeah we let this dude to the Lord. He was all spaced out on glue. Wow, dude, we were trying. Okay, so I, I, I don't know. How we got on subject, but <laughs> we're gonna end the show right now in a few minutes. But Mexico, we were pulling up this the school, and I look over and I see this guy sitting in the park. So I'm like, "Hey, dude, come out, come listen." And he's like, "Oh, huh? he's yeah. all spaced out." And I'm like, I look down at him. I, re- he's like, oh, Come over and meet me behind the gate. So he walks over and he's holding like glue or paint. I don't know. He's holding something in his hand. And he's like sniffing it. He's like spaced out. So I basically just try to, I, I try to lead them to the Lord. And I was trying to have him confess his sins. And he would, he would say, he, he couldn't say, Jesus, forgive, forgive me, me for my sins. Like he, I was like asking him to confess. And he's like, I can't say it. I go, why? He's like, I just can't. He couldn't do it when he was high. He couldn't mm-hmm. ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm of sins so then after he ran out of the glue like it, it ended you know it was over the glue trip so then i sat in the park with him prayed with him led him to the lord and then he got filled with the spirit mm-hmm. it was so crazy when he was high he couldn't confess wow. the saint did because that satan was there just yeah. like the presence yeah. Wow. yeah but um i mean we saw we have a whole nother show of, of mexico stories of, of all the the crazy stuff but again um the church, we need to we need to get activated. We need to wake up. And we need to let people know that Jesus loves them. And the good news is that there's the forgiveness of sins. Yeah. And when they get filled, my whole thing is I want to get them to confess their sins and get them to get lead them in a prayer to receive the Holy Spirit. Because once you have the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit starts doing his job and he can fix his That's sin. That's not we talked about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's we got like ten minutes yeah. left. So let's let's yeah. talk about what is the job of the Holy Spirit. Well, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit gives you power to overcome sin, also to witness, and at the same time for you to be able to see what God has for your life. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times people don't have the Holy Spirit. They go back into sin. The, the, the Bible says it's within, uh, within and upon experience. The with experience is when you're not a Christian, the Holy Spirit is there convicting you. 
like I, I didn't get convicted two years before I came to Christ. So when you get convicted, your eyes are open in a way that you feel like I'm doing what's wrong. So with is with you when yeah. he's when he's when, when he's not convicting a you. When he's, yeah, when he's convicting when you. When he's starting to work with you. Yeah. yeah. He's with you. Yeah. yeah, he begins to work in your life. Then when he convicts you, then you surrender and you repent and then he's with you and now he comes into your life. Yeah. The problem is when the Holy Spirit comes in, a lot of people stop there. That's why they have problems with sin. When you when you actually come to the upon experience, it's like you feel a glass of water. Okay, a lot of times people are, it feels. No, the Holy Spirit when He baptizes you, it's overflowing and overflowing and overflowing. It never stops overflowing because that's what gives you every day the power to overcome sin. Okay, so let's talk about this in a little bit more detail in the next last ten minutes. So you receive Jesus. Jesus says in John 3, 16, mm -hmm. whosoever believeth with him will not perish but have everlasting right. life. You believe and you receive the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So he's in you. Now, where in the Bible does it say the upon or the baptism? Where do we get that from? In Acts. In Acts. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And then all the way chapter 4, so says, chapter 8. So it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, comes upon, upon you. you. So, he, so you'll be with us. So he's in yeah. us. Yeah. So he's in us when we give our life to the Lord, but how does he well, upon experience? So it just like well, it just because he's in you, it just manifests. Yeah. It just comes upon you. He, you know, he comes upon you, and like he says in chapter one of uh, verse eight in Acts, he says when the uh, the upon experience comes, he said you're going to be witnesses in Judea, Samaria, yeah. uh, excuse me, Judea, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, yeah. into the other parts of the world. Yeah. That power of the Holy Spirit, what makes you go out and do evangelism? Yeah. You see, and that power allows you not to go back into your old life, which a lot of people do. It's like a dog going back to his own vomit, Peter said. So how does it come upon? Like, like when would it come upon? Just this is for people that are mm -hmm. listening. Mm -hmm. How, like I have the Holy Spirit in me. Mm -hmm. So when does it come upon me? It, it, it's different. It's different. Yeah. You know, sometimes it can come on by the laying of hands of someone. Yes. Not always. Right? So it comes upon you just for that moment? No, no. When it comes upon you, it's done. It's going to be so, every day. So there's the in experience where the you receive with, Jesus. Yeah. It's in us. And then, and with, then you pray. Uh -huh. And then you get baptized the with the upon, the upon experience. experience. Yes. Okay. Upon. Yes. Yeah. You know, when you go to the book of Acts, it grows. Where, is it, where does that say that in book of Acts? So a couple chapter, things. Uh, eight, uh, chapter one, verse eight. So, so a couple of things. So in Acts chapter one, eight, you mentioned it. We're always mentioning it as well. Because the, the disciples, Jesus already been resurrected, showed themselves to him, going back up to heaven. You guys, I want you to go, but I want you to wait. And then he, he was because the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. Acts 2, Holy Spirit falls upon the church. They're baptized, they're speaking in tongues. And look what changed. This is what it is. It's empowerment of ministry. It's empowerment for God using your life apart from what you know of being forgiven for your sins. Why do you think that Peter was once a bumbling fool? The things that are in the Bible are for our example. Peter made many mistakes all the way into the Gospels. He failed the Lord, was restored by the Lord. But in Acts chapter 2, when uh, Peter is baptized with the Holy Spirit, he gives a message of power. Another thing to take into consideration is if when you go to the book of Acts chapter 19, um, is where, Paul. Where, where Paul sees these believers but they they had something lacking, right? Yeah, yes. They didn't have the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah. John and the Baptist it, preached to them, but he yeah, what was lacking is the upon experience of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. And when and 
as far as history as well, D.L. Moody. A lot of us like D.L. Moody. D.L. Moody was a pastor during the 1800s, 1860s, during like the Civil War time. Um, He was a pastor down in Chicago, had a big ministry. Um, And there was a time where people were praying for him too to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there was a time of brokenness. These guys, Finney and Tori, have all experienced those same moments where they're already being used, you know, in some aspects, but there was this encounter where the love of Christ was just ground. overwhelming yeah. them that overled them in their ministry. Cause you need power. You need this baptism of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to have longevity in ministry, to have vision in ministry, to have passion in ministry. To have and conviction. Then, yeah, to have conviction. Yeah. And that is uh, the, the power that is needed in ministry. So it does show all three aspects of the Holy Spirit. Look, it says right there, right? In John. Right they got it right here. Here we go. It says in John 14, 15, it says, I love, uh, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may be abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him and he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, and I will come to you. And then in verse 8, chapter so, 1, Acts, upon experience. So the disciples, when did they receive the Holy Spirit, the first Holy Spirit encounter? It was in the Gospel of... Uh, Is that when Jesus breathed on them? Yeah, when Jesus breathed on them. And then later on... He they, breathed on them, and they yeah. received the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts, chapter, the upon yeah, experience is in, in Acts chapter 2. In chapter 2, I tell us that Mary, the mother of Jesus, the disciples were there, and the upon experience came upon them. Once the upon experience came upon, they were never the same. That's why they went out and preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. John is the only one, only one that was not martyred. The other ones were martyred because of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. They were going everywhere preaching yep. the gospel. And they got crucified. Yeah. They got yeah. put in jail. Yeah. And that's the only down. way. That's, that's the, the only, only way. way yeah. By the power Some of the Holy Spirit. Some of them were eaten alive, right? By, by, yeah. By, uh, well, a lot of Christians. Oh, that was back in, yeah, yeah. that was the other story. Yeah. They would have never been able to do that unless upon experience. <laughs> no, There's no way. No way. No way. When you look at history of all the disciples, we know all of them died martyrs does except for John. But also when you look at church history, Ray, when you look at the martyrs, of, and you've heard this before, they would take Christians and they would, some of them would tie ropes to the ankles and the wrist of each side with horses on each side and go apart, rip them apart, Um, being lit on fire. But for their faith, you know, many people laid down their lives because of the truth that is found in the the word of God. The other thing, Ryan, I want to bring up, I know we just got a couple minutes because you brought it up in the beginning of like, you're not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit works on us individually. I don't have to give, okay, you accept Christ? Okay, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. No, the Holy Spirit starts working in your life. It happened in my life, happened in your life. I try to get sober so many times. I try to have, you know, better relationships so many times. But then when the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, you can't continue to live those lives. You feel wrong. Same thing with like listening to stuff that's garbage. It's just like not good or watching something that's like garbage. Like nobody was telling me that it was, I shouldn't do it but I didn't feel right about it any longer. And that's what happens when you, that's the way that God starts working in your life. The way that you speak, you know, you growing up, every other word was a curse word to amplify one statement, you know, like a lot of people speak now. And it wasn't that said, well, you can't speak that way. The Holy Spirit starts working in your life. Fox's Book of Martyrs, man, they need to read it. There's every person that has ever been martyred. Amazing. 
amazing. It's still happening China. today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's still happening yeah, today. Totally. When you look at like China, yeah. you look at places in the Middle East, yeah. there are people that are laying down their lives for the faith, the of, faith Christ. of Jesus Christ. And that's oh, why yeah. coming back, circling around a little bit, the reason why there's power in that aspect and the power of their witness is because they truly believe yes, God's word. The word of God. They have been revived when it comes to re- believing that this is a matter of life and death. And there's no and nothing's death. going to, yeah. to stand behind them. Yeah. A lot of times in our culture, in our world here in the United States of America, we get really busy on our own lives. We can get really um, sidetracked on stuff. And where we need to have a, a love relationship with the Lord and be empowered by God's spirit and be open for God's spirit and to not... Uh, keep ourselves in a box, to be open, to be praying, to never become those uh, religious um, hypocrites like the Pharisees, but to truly be open to the Holy Spirit working in and, and your life. You know, and be in a place where you get along with God, you know, so you can spend time in prayer, reading the Word of God. If you want God to speak to you, you got to do that. You know, but see, these people today, their computers, their phones, they spend more time, and I showed the other night, they spend more time on their phones than coming to the Lord in praise. And that's why you have to, that's why you have to kill the noise. Yes. Well, listen, we have two minutes left, and I want to plug an event that we're doing. I'm just trying to find the flyer here for it. <laughs> um, I don't get reception in here. Let's see. Here we go. Flyer. Where is the flyer? I cannot believe I can't find it. There it is. Okay. So. It's going to be on June 18th in San Diego at 8 p.m. It's uh, ages uh, high school and up. We're going to keep it within the high school group. It's not for uh, older people. Sorry, guys. Um, We're doing an EDM event. Drop your kids off there. Um, Invite their friends. This is an outreach that we're doing. It's an electronic party for kids, and we are launching this new tour um, we just did one out in uh, Nashville. 80% of the kids gave their life to the Lord. We're taking it to Dallas, other parts of Mexico. I'm trying to take this this tour around the whole entire world. It's going down. Um, this the one for San Diego is June 18th, 8 p.m. The Whosoever's Presents Crave downtown San Diego at the Music Box. Go to our social media at the Whosoever's. And you can find out more details about it. Um, yeah, come one, come on, come one, come all. It's gonna be amazing. And if you're older and you can't come because your age, pray for us. Pray that God will draw people. It's awesome. They're gonna get saved. We're gonna get their information. We're gonna, we're working with local churches in the area. We're gonna get them plugged into the local churches. And just pray that God will continue to provide and um, use uh, use this to reach more people. This is one of those events that is completely unorthodox to the church, but it's totally current with culture. So we love you guys and just keep us in your prayers. Obviously, you can go to the whosoevers.com uh, and uh, we have all the past radio shows on our app. It's a download for free uh, over, I don't know, man, over three years of, of, <laughs> yeah, of tons. man, we're getting old. I know. Yes, you look old. Do I have gray hair? I don't see any gray hair yet. Uh, connect with us through the Whosoever's. Download the app. Um, we are obviously still touring the school system. We're going to Columbia next month. We have tons of schools locked down. Um, we got a phone call yesterday that the government wants us to come to other states in Mexico. So now doors have opened up in new states with other government officials. So it looks like we're going to continue this revival 
in uh, Mexico. This has been Live with Ryan Reese. To connect or find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com. Check us out next Saturday at 9 p.m. for Live with Ryan Reese. Our world can feel chaotic and uncertain, but we don't have to live enslaved to fear. Christ has promised me and you his peace, and throughout scripture has provided powerful tools and practical steps to help us experience greater freedom. I'm Jennifer Slattery, lead host of the Faith Over Fear podcast, inviting you to join me and my team as together we learn how to starve our fears and feed our faith. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com or wherever you access podcast content.